I'm Michael Broughton and welcome to the Sportsloft member series. Uh, today we're here to talk about a company I followed for a long time. Uh, Daniel, delighted to have you join us. Welcome. Um, let's kick things right off. Explain a little bit about Greenfly, where you've come from, what it does, so that people joining us for the first time can understand who you are and what you do. So Greenfly is a uh, platform that really enables you to engage any group of advocates to really become part of your uh, brand building. What that means is um, it's a closed content collaboration exchange platform. If you're a sports league, a sports team, a consumer brand, a media company, you can onboard into a closed community, any group of advocates. So for, for sports, which I think is what we're focused on today, um, that might be your athletes, your key fans, your staff. And then once they're in the platform, you can send them content to share and track the performance of that content. And you can also request content from them, send them briefs to create content. So to give you kind of an example of, of one of our partners really operating at scale, um, I would point to Major League Baseball in the United States where um, every single team, uh, all 30 teams use Greenfly. Over 600 of Major League Baseball players use Greenfly. Um, the social media manager for the teams, teams photographers, uh, the people who manage the social media feeds for uh, for the teams and for the league. And in this environment, they're all connected and they can easily exchange content. So anytime a, a player walks off the field, they can open up the Greenfly app on their mobile device and see their photos from the game, post them to social media. Team can track the performance of that. Um, if the if a team or league wants to tell stories featuring athletes, they can send them briefs to you know create segments for an Instagram story talking about you know for example their game in London, uh, and and really still tell stories on social media. So it really connects people in this very um, uh, very powerful way to really uh, collaborate together and really tell the story of of Major League Baseball across any number of social channels. You know, I, I immediately understand then why Major League Baseball or a team would want to do this. Um, you're obviously getting a lot of content from the athletes. What has typically been the response from the athletes themselves, though? The athletes are passionate fans of the platform. So, um, first of all, uh, I, I think there's really been a, a shift, you know, uh, over the last several years where I think pretty much every athlete appreciates the power of their personal brand and the the necessity to really build and cultivate that. I mean, there might be some athletes that uh, are, are more reclusive, but that's really the exception rather than the rule. And so um, they're all looking for incredible content to share on their social channels. And they love content, you know, featuring um, their teammates themselves, um, be, you know, being able to easily celebrate, uh, you know, events uh, on the field uh, and, and off. But they also... Uh, really appreciate being featured by the, the team and the leagues that they're part of. Um, you know, sometimes uh, or, or very often, in most cases, those leagues and those teams have bigger social followings than, than they do. Obviously, they're, uh, you know, for the, for the big stars the, that uh, um, that's reversed. But um, I think that uh, almost every uh, professional athlete these days appreciates the value in building a powerful social media presence. And that that's value that they can realize in, um, you know, in, in negotiating their contracts and endorsement deals, I mean, in all sorts of ways. I can imagine, sorry, Daniel, that uh, the, the, the potential new changes happening to the NCAA um, will open up some interesting opportunities for you. It's very interesting, actually. We've been watching that uh, closely. Um, you know, I think uh, we, we really have built out um, an incredible, incredible roster in, in professional sports. I think we're up to almost 20 professional sports leagues 
around the world um, using our platform. Um, we do work with some some colleges, and um, you know that's that's definitely a growing area for us. One thing that's going to be interesting when it comes to that is, um, you know, I think there may be a, a need to differentiate uh, sort of commercial platforms and kind of you know uh, athlete brand building platforms. So colleges, you know, might want to use uh, to use Greenfly um, to you know, the way that they're using it today to give their athletes incredible content to share, to help them build their brands. And the athletes are going to appreciate that even more and be much more engaged and collaborative. They might look, uh, I think there's going to be a need based on the way the NCAA rules are taking shape for, for that sort of platform and activity to be separate from some of the commercial endorsement activity. So, you know, I think in, in a lot of instances, people are um, using our platform to send endorsement content. I think there might need to be more of a separation in the college yeah. space, but I think the real, there's going to be a massive impact in sort of the appreciation that the athletes have in building their brands and the necessity, you know, for colleges to really be able to, to explain to their athletes, like, you know, we can't bring you endorsement deals that obviously would be against the rules, but, but if you play here, it, you know, you're going to have a, a profile and a value and we're going to really be, you know, partners with you and helping to build that. Obviously you're LA based. Um, yes. And you, you're, you've grown substantially in the U S can you, Perhaps give some examples to our friends of Sportsloft over here and, and some Europeans, a bit of context of, of how you're starting to grow over on this side of the Atlantic too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the limitations that we always have is certain, certain partners we can talk about and other partners we can't. But one partner that we have started talking about that's been a real key uh, bedrock partner for us in Europe is Free Saint Germain. So for a partner like PSG, uh, they have um, pretty much every single member of their first team using the platform, including you know, household names like Neymar and Mbappe. Um, also, they use it with their women's team. They use it with their handball team. Um, they use it with their junior team. So it, it really is, is a, a tool that can light up the entire organization. What's, what's really remarkable, when we talked to PSG about why did, they, you know, why did they do this, one of their primary or even their primary motivating factor was really to, to offer something powerful to their athletes and to really strengthen the bond between the club and the athletes. So it that really speaks to, again, this is something that's very appreciated uh, by the athletes. So what's it's really it's really like a, a story of mutual benefits. The athletes get incredible content to share, and PSG has been very innovative. You know, awesome like goal celebration gifts and you know cool videos and I mean all sorts of just incredible content that they're giving to their athletes to share, which they absolutely love. Um, but at the same time, you know, PSG is able to go to their partners and their sponsors and say. You know, we don't just uh, have access to this, to the people following PSG channels, but we have access to all these athlete channels as well. And, yeah. you know, they're going to share, you know, awesome content that's going to, you know, continue to elevate the value of, you know, the, the you know, Jersey sponsors and things like that as well. Uh, you know, we look at Europe and we have some big announcements coming soon, which unfortunately I can't talk about today. Um but including league-wide deals in Europe and, uh, but also, you know, team deals and, What's interesting about PSG and about European football clubs is how much autonomy they have as compared to a lot of U.S. teams. And I think that, that you know, in many ways makes the platform even more valuable. Unfortunately, right now, there's no real live content. Um, so you, you don't have to use them as the example. But um, your athletes have obviously been stuck at home, but they've been creating an awful lot of content, as have the fans yes. of these various clubs. How have you seen that impact the way the platform's been used in the last, say, four to six weeks? 
we've seen a massive spike in what we call content creation, which is gathering content from athletes as opposed to providing them with content. So there's still, and I can talk a little bit about creative things people are doing to give content to athletes, but a lot of these home videos, workout videos, you know, all these kinds of things that you're seeing from athletes is, um, you know, those things are, uh, are really being produced uh, via Greenfly, and it's become an incredibly powerful tool to basically bring a lot of different people into that, that storytelling process. Um, another thing that we've seen as well is it's not just the athletes, but it's really engaging the whole organization. So we've had teams on board, you know, the head trainer and do workout challenges with fans and, and things like that as well. So um, it's also enabled our partners to open up um, their archives in interesting ways and also do that kind of longer term mm -hmm. brand building. So we've seen a lot of that as well when it comes to providing content. We've seen a lot of opening up archives. Um, we've been working with um, a, a big partner in the United States to open up what we call career galleries. So not just giving people the latest content, but giving people ac searchable access to their entire career. So they can easily find uh, photos for, for any moment and have access to thousands, in some cases, even tens of thousands of pieces of content. So as that kind of content creation and engagement has kind of changed, depending on what the content is, how have you, from running the business, had to kind of change and adapt the way you're running it? Or have you had any changes to your approach on you know, the development of your platform? You know, what, what tweaks have you had to make? And you know, I'm sure it hasn't all been you know, positive. There's, there's been some yeah. to deal with at the same time. But maybe talk us through some of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, you know, obviously to speak, you know, briefly about the challenges, you know, we're based, you know, here in the United States, as you said, we, you know, we do have folks in Europe as well, but we're in areas that are very heavily impacted by this. And a lot of people have had family members who have been very sick and things like that. So there's definitely, you know, there's, this is an experience that people are going to that going through together. That's, that's very traumatic on, on many levels. The economic impact is, is severe. And so um, you know, that definitely has an impact on, you know, kind of deal flow uh, and, and things like that as well, which isn't to say that we're not closing new deals and that we're not um, closing deals that that started before this. I mean, it's actually been pretty amazing how much of that has continued, but definitely uh, we were on a, a very exciting, uh, accelerating revenue trend. And, you know, uh, it's going to be a little bit different this year than we expected. I think. Um, in terms of our ability to adapt, I, I think we're very, very fortunate. Uh, first of all, we have a team that's already been split in multiple offices. We have our core of development in Seattle and then business operations in LA. So people are used to working collaboratively through, you know, things like Zoom and, and other technologies. Um, they've deeply integrated into our, our workflow. And so I think when it comes to like our development, our ability to execute, I don't think we've missed a step. You know, we shut down the office. Now it's been, I don't know, seven weeks or something like that. It's been a long time. Um, but, uh, I don't think it's impacted our, our development at all. There's almost something strangely positive about the ability to really connect with people via Zoom all over the world, even on, on sales or partnership conversations. I think people are, are, are more available and open uh, and, um, and you know, really leaning in uh, than they have before. And we've just seen just a, an incredible surge of activity and discussions and creative strategies. And I mean, it's really just, um, and, and, and there's a kind of shared sense of we're going through something tough, but we're going to figure this out together. It's, this is a really um, powerful industry that's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, it's facing some bumps along the way, but we all know that it's going to exit in a very healthy place. You know, unlike some other industries that I think will be kind of permanently shaken. You know, I think you know, retail's impact will be ongoing, for example, but sports coming back and people can't wait for it to come back. And so very positive 
sense of cohesion, even global cohesion of like, you know, let's come together, let's figure this out. Let's, let's, you know, work together to add value. I think that's, that's interesting one of how you capitalize on, on the pent up demand that they were going to have for our industry. Right. Which, yeah. I mean, I think we saw with the, the NFL draft, uh, yes. yeah, I think you and I would have expected record numbers. I think if the Premier League came back in middle of June, like they, they hope, I think you could expect probably some pretty historic numbers, right? Absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, and, and it's been interesting, like, you know, one of our partners is, is ESPN, which here, you know, released, I think, it, I know it's on Netflix and other parts of the world, but The Last Dance, this, the Michael Jordan documentary. Right. And, that, and they've done, I mean, first of all, they've done an awesome job, from, you know, really using Greenfly to promote that across social, which has been really cool, especially engaging their talent. Um, to do that and really bring a lot of people into that story. But again, it shows you like that interest in sports and the sense of history and continuity. And I mean, just moving on a little bit, I think it'd be great to, you know, for other startups and scale up businesses in the space, uh, yeah. for you to learn a little from, from someone who's been through some of the bumps and bruises, um, has raised funds. Do you, uh, what, what stage yes. a, your, no, we we did we've done a B round, so, so you've done yeah. a B, six, yeah, yeah. so you, you've done you'd have done C, you've done A, you've done B. Yeah. Um, you know, you've grown the business, but you've had to you obviously navigate and I'm sure pivot a few times. What yes. would be the you know, the one or two things that you'd really say to people if they're in this space, um, technology, sports, content? Yeah. Um, what are the, the one or two things that you think they can really learn from your your bruises? You know, for first most important piece of advice is, you know, build a team that you believe in. I mean, nothing else matters more than really working with the right people and, um, and uh, you know, really um, making sure that you have the, the kind of confidence and, um, you know, in, in that team and that they're really bringing a lot to the table that you don't have. I mean, certainly as, as CEO, it's really important to recognize like where my talents lie and, and hire people that, that compliment me and, and my, you know, my co-founder, uh, Sean. And, um, so team is most important, you know, never forget that doesn't matter how great an idea is or what kind of connections you have or anything else. If you don't have the right team, it's not going to work. So that's number one. I say number two is learn from your customers. You know, you can't like sort of go huddle in a corner, come up with a brilliant idea and just like reveal it to the world. Like I think, you know, great ideas are built by being tested. And and uh, I think it's very important to listen to your customers, listen to your feedback, evolve and, you know, and always be humble and not think that, you know, better than them because they, they always know better than you. And even if they're saying something that doesn't that you know, they, they might they might have a solution that you think you could do better. Or, or approach differently, but, um, and, and sometimes you may be right, but I think when it comes to identifying a problem, it's, it's pretty much hundred percent. Like if they think there's a problem, there is a problem, even if you don't think there's a problem. So. And, and is what you've built, what you imagined when you set out, I mean, when you and Sean sat down and hopefully had a beer and a, you know, drew, <laughs> you know, this is what we want to build in life. Um, how close to it are you? How many pivots have you had to make or, or have you actually, you know, generally bounce down the same track. So Sean, my co-founder was a professional baseball player for 16 years and um, very good player. He's an all-star. And you know, when you watch somebody like feel the ball, it looks very fluid. They run over their, you know, their mitt, like everything seems to flow. But if you have to actually break it down frame by frame, it's a bunch of minuscule adjustments. They're always like changing, changing, changing. It looks fluid, but it's not. And I think that's true. That's a good metaphor for, for a business. You can sort of, 
you can tell a story that makes it look like a smooth arc, but it's not like that. It's just a bunch of adjustments and changes. Um, when we started, uh, it, uh, the original concept that Sean had was, you know, getting content from the right person at the right time. And he was thinking primarily about sports and he was thinking about broadcast. What was driving him crazy sometimes is, you know, you, you watch a, a game or something, something happens in that game. And then whoever happens to be in the studio is opining on it when, you know, a team doctor or somebody who had a similar injury or a coach in the right sport or whatever it is, you know, there's always, there's almost always a more relevant person. And so his original idea is it would be awesome to hear from just the most relevant person at the right time. So he had originally had this idea of like, you know, going out and getting content from somebody and he was thinking about broadcast. He basically went out and built a prototype of that. I joined, you know, we started really developing it together and there's a couple, you know, realizations that we had that were really key. Uh, the first realization is, you know, his original idea was build out a network of people and sell access to that network. We realized very quickly that the, that there are a lot of networks out there, but people didn't have a tool to work with them. And so rather than build a network, selling to existing networks was going to be much more valuable and a much better business. So that's one key shift. The next key shift that we realized pretty quickly is, you know, it's great to get a great video. Like the first thing we did was... Um, for March Madness several years ago, uh, you know, the, the, the NCAA basketball tournament where we got a bunch of celebrities, uh, celebrity fans like uh, Ashley Judd to talk about, you know, Kentucky, she's a big Kentucky fan and, and Tom Arnold talk about Iowa because he's a big Iowa fan and they did these great videos. They actually generate a ton of videos using our platform and they only use a subset of them because they're using them on broadcast, you know, and it was great. I mean, it was great to see Christian Leitner up there with the Coke logo, you know, brought to you by, you know, Keys to the game brought to you by Coca-Cola and Christian Leitner opining on Duke. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, there's only so many videos you can put on TV. And I think one of the, you know, one of the really early things we, we thought, and now it's been, you know, going on, uh, you know, six years is that social was just a much bigger bandwidth. There's endless insatiable ap appetite for quality content. And one of the kind of funny moments when we first did that March Madness game is, you know, they did this great Tom Arnold halftime pep talk uh, using our, our, uh, our our technology and they just showed it on tv and somebody somewhere like used their cell phone to videotape like their tv literally film their tv put it out on twitter and it was trending on twitter just from like a video and, I, and we thought like it's insane they didn't put it directly on social but you know I, I think realizing that social was the primary destination for our content was it was the next big shift and then i think the third big shift was realizing once you build this great you know connection to get content from people that could be a really powerful uh, connection to get content to people as well. And so, and, and that really coincided with a real shift uh, in the algorithms for the social networks and the consumption patterns of people away from like brand pages and team pages, you know, more to like athlete pages and individual pages. And so, you know, over time, that kind of flow of content started to reverse direction. And, you know, it was really more about the connection and exchanging content in the right direction rather than like getting content from somebody, but also being able to give content to them was you know, where, where do you kind of expect the world to be in 12 months time in regards to certainly sport um what are your what are your hopes and dreams for the next 12 months if, if we can have hopes and dreams yeah well we certainly can we and, need them. and should have hope, hopes and dreams i mean I, you know I, I i think uh you know 12 months from now um i hope and expect to have a, a full recovery you know for sport i'm optimistic about you know some of the health solutions and, and, you know, I hope to be taking my kids to, to a game, uh, you know, a, a year from now, there definitely will be a transitional period, I think of play without fans. Um, and, um, I think that that will be 
in many ways, you know, a, a very exciting period. I mean, because uh, people are so hungry for sport and, and it's something that I think will be very me- even more meaningful uh, to people during this time and during these challenges and, 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 and having been cut off from it for the period that, that we have been, um, I think that will be very exciting. Obviously, there will be challenges uh, for the businesses because a lot of revenue does come from the gate um, and, and ticket sales. So I think there'll be, you know, obviously an ongoing revenue hit uh, for sports for the near term. But I think um, one thing we can absolutely count on is everything will, you know, things will come back in full force and that passion isn't going anywhere and uh, fandom isn't going anywhere. And, and so, you know, there'll be a transitional period of, um, you know, things really, uh, people really starting to gauge and watch again. And I think, I think the numbers will be crazy when the sport force come back for viewership. Um, there'll still be revenue impact from, from, uh, on the ticket sales side, but, uh, you know, over time that will recover and that will come back in full force. And, uh, you know, the history of, of, uh, you know, health events like this, uh, shows you that people, people come back. They want to be together again. They want to be in a stadium, to, you know, again, and, uh, and, uh, they will be. Well, look, Daniel, thank you very much for all your time today. Uh, good luck. Uh, great to have you as a, a part of Sportsloft. Uh, great to see the businesses going strong. Looking forward to seeing these announcements over the coming weeks and months uh, of your growth in Europe and beyond. So uh, stay safe, sir. Okay, thank you so much. Great to see you.